Approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Dynasty Coaches Podcast. I am your host, as always, Coach Dylan, along with Coach Nick and Coach Charlie. What's up, guys? Hey, everybody. How we doing? <sighs> Pretty good, man. Freaking, it's been a what a week, what a last twenty four hours in football, huh? You got uh, mm-hmm. Wilson being traded, Wentz being traded, Rogers going back. Man, it's it's exciting time to be an NFL football fan right now. Yeah, you can say that again. Uh-huh. We uh, this will probably I I believe this will probably be one of our better shows. We have our uh, top ten rankings for you guys, uh, the consensus, and then we'll show what each individual uh, coach's rankings are. So we're gonna do that. But first, we're gonna get in some news and notes here. Again, like I said, it's been a busy, busy twenty four hours. First one here, <laughs> my favorite. Denver Broncos acquire Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks. Man, it's it's fun to be a Broncos fan right now. We've been uh, struggling now for, what, six years at the quarterback position. We finally got somebody that can compete with Mahomes and uh, Herbert. So what do you guys think of it? Boy, oh, boy, do I love Denver. It's about, I, I, it's about time. You know, like you said, they've been kind of in a QB purgatory where <laughs> John Elway seems to be stuck in the same mode of let me drop this really tall white guy and hope he pans out. <laughs> <laughs> but he finally decided to pull, uh, give the authorization, pull the trigger and they make the move to bring in a superstar quarterback, which the Broncos have not had since the days of Peyton Manning. And it's kind of the same concept. You know, uh, trade for a QB who's still, I guess you could argue, is in his prime. I would say Russell Wilson's in his prime. Oh, yeah. Maximize the rest of his years. And especially for Dynasty, I love this for all of the Broncos' skill players. Uh, Mm -hmm. Williams, through the roof. Cortland Sutton, through the roof. I love this for Jerry Judy as well. And same thing with Albert O, since Noah Fan was part of that trade going to Seattle. And don't forget about KJ Hamler either. I yep. think he could be a bit of a sleeper pick as well. So I love that all things Denver. I think KJ takes on the Tyler Lockett role. So yeah, I, I like it a lot. Um, I liked it as soon as I saw it happen because we, we know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers. So we're not going to get into that one. But <laughs> I, I was happy to see Russell Wilson come here and give me. Uh, you know, Denver is a great place to be when the Broncos are good. It, it's a fun city to be around. It's a good fan base to be around. Um, I think that it's the move they needed to make. Like uh, I said, it's going to be great for all of the players on the team. It's going to be great for the running back, great for the wide receivers, great for whoever steps up and takes over Noah Fan's position. And then the other part of it, too, is is now you're looking at, and I heard Von Miller possibly coming back. You hear the talks that Bobby Wagner might follow Russell Wilson. So now you're just, I mean, it, it's just stacking up to to be the Broncos division. Oh, yeah. It's going to be the same that Peyton Manning brought to the Broncos. You got uh, big-name free agents who are going to come play here. So it's great for the Broncos all around. Man. So 
Next uh, news here, Aaron Rodgers signs his big, ext- big extension with the Packers. Massive yeah. extension. Most uh, overpaid so. quarterback in history. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go through one podcast without Nick getting in a bar with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that. What do you guys think uh, this does for Green Bay? I mean, I know Jordan Love is probably out of it, but do you think do you think Adams comes back now? Or never mind if they franchise tagged him. Yeah, he got franchise tagged back. Yeah. So, is it good for the Packers long term, or is it no? No, no. bad for him. No, no, it's 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 wonderful. They're going to continue to do great in the regular season and suck in the playoffs. So I. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know why they paid all that money. Fundamental changes and actually commit to giving Aaron Rodgers more weapons. I really don't see how too much changes the Packers. Every year it seems to be oh, the, the, it's just going to be the Packers year. Are the Packers going to make some noise in the playoffs? And then every year it's just a colossal disappointment. No. So, I, I it's literally just the Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams show. And unless they add more of a supporting cast, I just don't see any more of an advancement than maybe the divisional round. I'm wondering if, if they uh, told him, all right, you come back to us and we'll start getting you some weapons. Because yeah, that, we that was being great. We talked about this, and I think the last podcast or the podcast before Drake London would be an amazing fit mm-hmm. in Green Bay at, I believe, pick 28, that Green yes. Bay has, or whatever, whatever pick in the late 20s that they have. Just yep. get a big-time wide receiver to pair with Devontae Adams. I agree. I agree. Yeah, and it's, it's just insane to me. As much as – and I'm going to try to put this feeling aside. As much as I hate the man – it's insane to me that he's been saying it for four years now, I think, and they just had completely ignored him. Now, now give the GM credit. He's had, what, back-to-back-to-back 13-plus win seasons, so they're doing something right, but that's mostly on the back of the two aforementioned players, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, I mean, it's not that much to ask for from a guy like him to draft me a freaking wide receiver. I don't know why they haven't pulled the trigger on that. Yep. That's I, agree. I agree. Moving on, Carson Wentz traded to the Washington. Um, oh, I forgot their team name now. Commanders? No, not Commander. Commanders. Commanders. <laughs> Washington Commanders. Yeah. Um, do you guys think this was a good trade? Uh, they didn't I, give up a whole lot. Washington didn't give up a whole lot for wins. So. Well, it certainly, uh, it certainly brings in a more one of the more competent QBs in Washington that, that, that I feel like a long time. Yep. And I like this for Terry McLaurin. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. He has been he's, he, the fact that he's been able to put up decent numbers, even with you know really really awful quarterbacks under center. <laughs> testament to his skill and shows that he's, he can succeed on pretty much any quarterback. So giving him a quarterback with a modicum of talent to Carson Wentz is pretty remarkable. And Carson Wentz has made some pretty, you know, mediocre to okay wide receivers look good in the past. I mean, the best wide receiver he's probably operated with was Alshon Jeffrey and Michael Pittman in his yeah. respective times in Philadelphia and Indianapolis. Yeah. Terry McLaurin will be the best receiver he's ever played with. Oh. And I think that will boost Terry McLaurin back into wide receiver one conversation. Yeah. yeah, Michael Pittman looked good last year too, and that's that's something yeah. to say for Wentz. So yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like Wentz feels like maybe he's like the 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 red bearded version of Nick Foles right now. That dude just keeps bouncing from one to another to another. So um, I, I don't know. I thought that he had a good thing going in, in in Indianapolis. I just don't know. It's much the same thing. He's got a, a great team around him in Washington. He's got a good head coach. He's got a good supporting cast. We'll see what he does with it. 
Yeah, I think that uh, last game uh, in, in in Indianapolis killed him. So the whole I think it was a report in the Athletic that came out that said there was a whole bucket worth of issues going on. Yeah, that they were not happy with him throughout most of the season. Some stuff in the locker room, I think. If I had an athletic description, I would have more details, but I do not. <laughs> well, and then with the Eagles making the playoffs and them not, they had to give up that first round pick to the Eagles too, so that yeah. hurts. Yeah. Moving uh, to our last news here, uh, Calvin Rid- Calvin Ridley suspended for the 2022 season. Last podcast, Nick, you called it. He was one of your sell highs right now. Get him off your team and – it was just in time because he has been suspended for gambling on the games. Yeah. I I don't I don't know if the twenty twenty two season that's that's a lot for gambling. Especially since he only gambled fifteen hundred dollars is what their the reports are saying. So he yeah. wasn't playing at the time. He he wasn't betting against his team he was actually betting on his team from um so yeah but. i don't want to delve too deep into it but i think it's uh, i think it's something the nfl needs to address where you get suspended a full season for gambling but in the past you've had players with issues with domestic abuse and exactly. only getting six game suspensions exactly. less that that makes no sense to me you're actually committing a serious crime and you're, and you're hurting somebody. Yep. Whereas with this, you know, this is a, it's a stupid mental decision, which yeah. I shouldn't be doing, but I don't think that should cost you an entire season where you just, you, you know, you spend a little money gambling. That's, do you know if he's appealed it? I do not. Although he's been tweeting a lot on, uh, he's been on very active on Twitter. It seems like he's going to accept this punishment because he's been tweeting about how he's just going to come back ready to go for 2023. So. Okay. So, I mean, two, two or a few different perspectives, right? Like Charlie is saying, there's, there's a lot worse that goes on in the NFL. We all know about it, and there's a lot less severe punishments for it, right? People do drugs. People do DUIs. People kill people. People hit people. People do all these crap, and you don't see this kind of immediate response. Um, personally, I think it's a little heavy-handed. I think you make the kid forfeit up some of his paychecks, and then he learns his lesson, right? Um, I, I don't know. Other perspective is, hey, maybe he takes the off season, gets his head right, gets his body right, and by the time he comes back in 2023, they'll have a better idea of what they're doing at quarterback in Atlanta, and it might be a bright future for him. My only thing here on that perspective is that whenever he comes back, he will be 28 years old. Mm. That's an old receiver for in the league. Yeah. So, is it going to hurt him? Is he is he going to be too old to make a difference at that point? So, we will see. Um, so, our last, I just want to mention the guys that got franchise tagged. You have Dalton Schultz tagged by the Cowboys, Gasicki uh, by the Dolphins, <coughs> Jesse Bates by the Bengals, Njoku by the Browns, Orlando Brown by the Chiefs, Devonta Adams by the Packers, and Chris Godwin by the Buccaneers. Um, anybody stand out there? I mean, obviously the Adams and, and Godwin. I was going to say, especially the Godwin tag, considering mm. Tampa Bay had a lot of free agents, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. I wonder if that will um, entice a rookie or a uh, one of the 
bigger name free agents to go there. Possibly at the Sean Watson trade, maybe. Maybe. Mm. We will see. So, with that uh, end of the news and notes, let's go ahead and move on to our quarterback rankings. Um, consensus, we are able to agree on eight of them. Okay. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers. I know Russell Wilson moved into, I think, all three of our top tens with this uh, recent news. Yep. But uh, we'll start with you, Nick. You have Rodgers the highest out of all of us, which what are we doing here? You, you hate him more than anybody. <laughs> you have him at four. Me and Charlie have him at ten. Look, um, I, I, I hate the man. Dynasty, do you think I, he plays I, I on hate him. I, I hate him. I do. I hate him. But – I think him and his his greasy man bun do what they always do. And for some reason, and whatever little dwarf pixie things he has living in that disgusting man bun, it makes him play well. And he does play well. I I hate it. Trust me. I, I would love, just like any of the other people who know how I feel about this human being, that he just steps in a pothole and, and twists an ankle or something. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't want to wish massive bodily harm on anybody. But, you know, maybe I don't I, I don't know. I hate the human being, but he's good. He's good. He's very he's good. good. All right. I think he's he's better than Herbert. I think he's better than Jackson. I think he's better than than Stafford, Dak, <laughs> any of the other individuals. I don't think he's a Mahomes. He's not a Burrow by any means, and he's certainly way in a far not an Allen. But he's still more talented. Maybe Wilson jumps him now that he's with the Broncos, but. Yeah, there's just there's not a, a duo better in my mind right now than Rodgers and Adams. Yeah, I, I agree with that right now. Just, I know he just signed the four-year extension. I hope he plays for the four years because um, he's been mulling retirement now for, what, two years now? So, I will laugh my face off if he retires in like a season. I will literally <laughs> laugh my face off. Very possible. So, um, Charlie, you have Trevor Lawrence in your top eight. Um, we're at, at eight. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I, I took a bit of like pretty high expectations for him. Yes, I do. I took a bit of a, a long-term point of view as well as some high expectations when I made my rankings. And I think that having a bit of a QB whisperer in Doug Peterson, someone who's played the position before and knows what he can do, uh, would be a big help for Trevor Lawrence. Plus Jacksonville has made it very clear that their number one priority this offseason is going to be to protect Trevor Lawrence. And they've already franchise tag Cam Robinson, and it's looking like he's going to one of the top tackles with the number one overall pick. And that's going to be a great start, and I expect them to be very active with their time free agency to surround them with weapons. So with that, I, I have some, I do have high expectations for Trevor Lawrence because what we saw last year was not Trevor, the Trevor Lawrence that I was watching at Clemson where he was a superstar. So I, I expect big things from him, and I think he's going to live up to the billing where I have him in my rankings. Yeah, we will. We'll see. He's. Uh, they need to give him some more weapons. So, like I said, if they're active in free agency, I I can definitely see him being a top ten quarterback because um, yeah. he was one of the better college uh, prospects in a long time. So, yeah, needs to keep himself upright. That's mm. what they need to work on. Yeah, yeah. He was one of the most. Uh, pressured and sacked quarterbacks last year so i mean i don't know that's really not an excuse burrow was too and he got to a super bowl so yeah yeah he has a lot better weapons though that's true line play and rookie growing pains 
So nope. yeah, there's it's a bit of an ugly concoction. Yeah, I've mentioned he had the worst coach in NFL history. So. Yeah, yeah, the Urban oh, Lions. Good God, yeah, that was terrible. Urban Lawrence was not put into the most healthy environment. Yeah. Let's leave it at that. Yep, and he gets his running back back, so that would be exactly. nice. Yep. Huge having ETN. That's yeah. probably going to be the biggest because you saw um, Burrow have great success with Chase, college yeah. teammates. Hopefully yeah. they can – I don't, don't want to say they're going to have the same type of success, but hopefully they can produce what they were uh, doing at Clemson and uh, have a pretty good, pre- pretty good season. So – Nick, you have Mac Jones as your I do. Um, I do. Do you yeah. think that the coordinator change is going to affect him? I mean, completely no. Different maybe no. I I don't think it's going to affect Mac Jones because we all know what what Belichick does, and at the end of the day, it's Belichick's team, and it's going to be done Belichick's way, no matter who's running or calling these plays. So I don't think that's going to really have much of a, a negative effect on on Mac Jones. And, and yeah, you know, I, I I got a kind of a soft spot for the kid, man. He he won me over this last season. <clears throat> yeah, I I don't know. I'm I am a little bit worried about the Mac Jones or the new uh, coordinator change. It's it's tough for second year player to learn a new offense. So this coordinator goes in and gives Mac Jones the same same offense or close to the same offense. Okay, yeah, I think that's fine. But I'm also not changes a lot. Mac Jones myself. I yeah. think uh, he was last year. He wasn't really asked to do too much. <laughs> There was a lot of let's just hand the ball off to Damian Harris and let's mm-hmm. do his job. Had a top defensive unit last year that would, for the most part, I, I think we can agree on, which carried that team. Mm-hmm. And when Matt Jones was asked to throw the ball, it wasn't always the prettiest outcome, as we could see from the, from the Buffalo wildcard game where he was mm-hmm. forced to throw and he kind of was forced into making some mistakes. Now, maybe he cleans that up a little bit in the second year because I just said with Trevor Lawrence, there are some rookie growing pains. But I'm just maybe not as optimistic, I guess, as some of the other second-year quarterbacks. No. Nick, you also um, – Kyler Murray came out of your top ten um, whenever the Russell News broke. Uh, me, and, I don't... Me, and, uh, me and Charlie are – Pretty high on Kyler. I got him at four. Um, Charlie has him at six. Why? What uh, do you? Why do you not have him as your top in the top ten? I don't like Kyler Murray's situation right now. I don't like the game he's playing with his team. You know, his his teammates see that, and maybe some people will rally around him and say, "Yeah, man, go get your money. You know, dig your heels in, do what you're gonna do." But in, in the history, it hasn't worked well for people. Um, mm-hmm. And at least in the entire history, I know recent history, it's it's been a, a whole new game where quarterbacks and players in general can demand trades and they sit out, and it's it's a different era. But in, in general speaking history, that hasn't worked out for the players that have done that. Um, Deshaun Watson said he was going to sit out. And then all of a sudden, like two months later, after he said he was going to sit out, all these allegations came against him. I still think Houston paid those people. But anyways, um, I, I just don't like the situation. It makes me uncomfortable with Kyler. Yeah, uh, I'm hoping he's just using his leverage and Arizona ends up uh... – Give him his extension. I know they just extended the general manager and coach. So, 
Hopefully I mean, I think, happy, but. I think he's worth it. I think he has the talent. I, I mean, I don't think he was ready. I think he showed he wasn't quite ready for, mm-hmm. for the playoffs and everything else. And, and I think the team needed to kind of rally around him a bit more. He needs to be a leader in my eyes a bit more. But, you know, he's a young kid. He, he's a young kid, and he's been learning, and he's been improving. They got a lot of talent around him. I definitely think he deserves the extension. I just don't like the way he's going about it. Yeah. I didn't really take that sort of thing into my consideration for this because Kyler Murray, he's only 24 years old, and I see him as a dynamic two-way QB. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he's got the supporting cast around him, and I think that this offseason, uh, they're going to take some time to kind of reconcile and work out any issues that they may have so they can come into the regular season raring and ready to go. So I'm not I'm not going to use what's happened here and kind of bump him out of my rankings because – this is all about talent for me. Kyler Murray has all the talent in the world. Yeah, I think that they have to get it figured out because since Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury has been in there, they've turned that franchise around. So, but last question on the quarterbacks, Charlie. Um, you have Josh Allen. You and Nick have Josh Allen ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Even Nick has Joe Burrow ahead of him. Um, is it for you, is it Josh Allen tier one and then – move on to Joe Burrow or do you think that uh, Joe Burrow is in that league too in that tier I have it as um, 1A and 1B Allen and Mahomes and then mm-hmm. immediately in a tier after is Joe Burrow and I only have I just have Allen slightly above Mahomes so for the second consecutive season Josh Allen's finishes the QB1 in fantasy and it's he's been just incredibly productive week after week after week after week and just there were some spots last year with Patrick Mahomes where I I was a little concerned because he he had those few games in the middle of the season where he was looking very inconsistent he had some bad turnovers he was making some <clears throat> decisions and, you know I was wondering you know what's going on with Patrick Mahomes now he picked up his play later on obviously and he became Patrick Mahomes but that's a little something that's led me to worry a little bit about if we see some t- type of play like this in the future and basically consistency is what led me to put Allen at one. Because he kept up his level of production throughout the year, and Mahomes did not. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. I, I agree, but Mahomes has done it longer. So that's why I have him at one. So yeah, I can understand that. It's, it's again, it's 1A, 1B with me. I, I mean, you can't go wrong either way, but that I just think whenever Patrick Mahomes is, is right, Harry Kill is right. Uh, Travis Kelsey's right. Mahomes does special things. So, <laughs> I got one more question. Though. I know I said the last one, but uh, here's the last <laughs> one. Whenever the Russell Wilson uh, news broke, Charlie, you had Matthew Stafford in there. You took Matthew Stafford out. Do you think that uh, had – first of all, do you think Stafford can repeat what he did last year? And two – Long term, do you think Stafford is better than a guy like a Aaron Rodgers or even Russell Wilson? So I am of the belief that Stafford can repeat what he did this year, mm-hmm. but I just think that the guys I have ranked ahead of him are just going to be better. Yeah. Um, Stafford is a, a, a little younger than Rodgers, but Rodgers is a better football player. I think he's a higher IQ player. No. And he's been doing it better for a much longer period of time. 
So I think the age discrepancy is not as something I'm willing to overlook in that case. And as with Wilson, I think thrust into an incredibly, incredible situation, which again is why I put him into my top 10 over Stafford. Yeah. The, the, the weapons and the supporting cast is incredible. Whereas with the Rams, their cap situation is a little iffy. We don't know who's going to be coming back for Stafford, but we'll see. Yeah. We all put uh, Russell Wilson into our top tens once the news broke. So, that is definitely something that uh, changed the world last uh, 24 hours. So I will say this. I think Stafford's 11 for me. He's right after Rodgers. If I had to, like, open up into a top 12, top 15. For sure. For sure. All right. Uh, moving right along to our running back rankings. Again, we were able to agree on eight of them. Um, Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Swift, Christian McCaffrey, Javante Williams, and Joe Mixon. Charlie, we'll go and start with you because you're the highest on Eckler. Um, he's going to be 27 when the season starts. Are you worried that he may have already peaked and might possibly be on the downhill? I uh, I, so I think that he's kind of a, in a unique spot um, where he's an elite two-way back because we saw the, the passing chops he has where he can collect, you know, 60 to 70 catches in a year. And he has, he has Justin Herbert. Uh, under center, which is which is an incredible opportunity because we all know Justin Herbert ascended to an elite level this year, mm-hmm. and uh, coming off of a RB two finish, that's le- led me to be a little higher on Eckler than maybe some of these other running backs. So he is he is older, but I think his game will age well. Okay. Yeah. yeah, the knock on him was uh, rushing touchdowns this, before this previous year. He wasn't. Never had, I don't think, any more than three rushing touchdowns in a season. He was always more of a receiving back, so he ended up putting up uh, quite a bit of uh, rushing touchdowns this year. I think he was near 10, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, positive regression. He was so, he was due for that. Yeah, so I think the good thing about Eckler, too, is the receiving touches are not as wearing on your body as the rushing touches going in between the tackles. So the wear and tear may not be there. He may be able to play at a high level into his early thirties. Whereas other running backs like a Derrick Henry might be breaking down because he's seen so many um, touches in between the tackles. So, but uh, Nick, you are the only one that has Derrick Henry in their top 10. You have him as the number one running back. Haters. This is bold. You aren't nervous about him being 28, coming back off of a pretty significant injury and having 1,400 pro carries in his career? No. No, No? I'm not worried. Not worried at all. Not worried at all. He's King Henry for a reason. I think he's going to prove it. Well, let's hope he's – I mean, in redraft, he's – Probably one or two for me. I think uh, even with how great of a season Jonathan Taylor had, he still had more points per game than Jonathan Taylor. So there's that. But Dynasty, I don't know. He's he's nearing that that age where running backs start to go. So this isn't the uh, 2020 to 2030 rankings. This is the 2022. And I still think Henry's been, he's consistency is King for me. When it comes to my dynasty teams, consistency is King. And, and 
I mean, no one does it at the same level as long, except for maybe Adrian Peterson back in his day, than than Derrick Henry. No, agreed, agreed. Um, Charlie, you got Antonio Gibson as your number ten. Um, will will he be hindered? I know that they just got uh, Carson Wentz, but. Is he hindered by the quarterback position? Or? So I think this is going to help him. Um, and it also helps that J.D. McKissick is entering free agency, and there hasn't really been any signs indicating that the commanders want to bring him back. So for finally, this could actually be Antonio Gibson's backfield. And he's shown that he has the, the, the chops to be a good pass catcher out of the backfield, and we all know what he can do when he, when he gets the handoff. And um, Carson Wentz has not been afraid to, to throw to the running back. Jonathan Taylor had his share of catches in Indianapolis, and he obviously threw in Naheem Hines a lot. So I think that now having just one pure three down back for Wentz to uh, just only be a boost gives passing game. We already know he, he could get 20 to 25 carries in a game. So I think that uh, gives him a little more of a boost coming into this year. So that's why I have him at 10. Yeah, he's he's one of my breakouts for sure. Um, it'll be nice if they can solidify the passing game so that the defense isn't stacking the boxes so much. Um, and then um, I'm trying to remember the other back there um, taking receiving touches from him. Hang <sighs> on one second, guys. Sorry about that. Is Jarrett Patterson? No, uh, JD McKissick. Did they bring him back or? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was clear. I said that he's a free agent, and there hasn't been any indication that that's true. back yet. Okay, that's that's great for Antonio Gibson exactly. that, that that that's that's one of my main points is that yeah. likely McKissick is gone. Yeah, hopefully. more 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 receptions for Gibson. Yeah, yeah, that was that's been his kind of his uh, Achilles heel. So far in his career, he hasn't been, which is weird because he was a receiver in, in college. Yeah. So hopefully he starts getting more of the uh, the receiving work. And I think I think that's a great pick for a top 10. So, um, I am curious about where you guys have Saquon Barkley ranked because I have him 10. Um, so I just – I think that Brian Dable is going to fix that offense, which in turn will – fix Saquon Barkley he's I mean he's one of he's probably the best prospect to come out of college in oh, five ten years um so when he's right he's he I mean he's seen his rookie year he led the league in in uh, rushing so I think that I don't know if he'll ever get back to that but give him give him a good offensive line and a team that can throw the ball a little bit. So teams aren't stacking the box on him. I think that he can get back to 90% of what he was. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm curious where you guys have him or you guys have him. I had him just outside my top 10 and I'm not going to lie to you. It, it hurt for me. No. To have really out of my top 10 as, as a Giants fan, but just it's the, it's injuries. He's, he hasn't been healthy since his rookie season. He's suffered injuries in every other mm-hmm. season where he's been knocked out for yeah. at least a few games, if not a significant portion of games. And 
we know he has game breaking ability every time he touches the ball, but the Giants haven't shown the ability to protect him. But like you said, Dylan, I am optimistic that having Brian Dable and Mike Kafka on offense is going to serve as a boon. I expect them to make some improvements on the offensive line. The passing game should be a little more of a threat, and that in turn should take some opportunities. So I have him in my top 12, but not my top 10. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same place. I had him just right outside my top ten, just because I didn't have enough faith in what was going on there to to see what goes, see him come back. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's pretty pretty interchangeable. You could probably kick around a couple players, uh, Cook or Eckler or somebody like that on on my team and move some people up and move him in. So it, he's right outside that top ten for me. Okay. Christian McCaffrey, we have him, every single one of us have him at uh, six. That's a big change from what he was, what, two years ago? Um, Do you think he gets back to the old CMC? I mean, whenever he's healthy, he's far and away better than any running back in the league. Yeah, I I think he does. I think having um, Chuba, is that that Chuba? Yeah, Chuba Hubbard there helps take some of that load off of him so he's not having to be out there all the time taking the hits that he takes and he, he can settle into to the role that he's best at. So I think having having Chuba there is going to help him to get back to himself. I think he's going to have a great season. Uh, yeah, I agree with Nick. I think that they use Chuba Hubbard as more of a between-the-tackles, ground-and-pound guy. That might alleviate some of the uh, some of the hits that McCaffrey's been taking in the past. Where and now McCaffrey can sort of utilize the special skill where he he's he's great at catching passes out of the backfield. Same thing with Austin Eckler. It's a game that can age gracefully as long as you don't overuse the run back. Because McCaffrey has been worn down by the Panthers. They've been using him and using him and using him, and it's finally starting to take a toll uh, injuries in back to back seasons. But if they can use Hubbard a little more and take some of that away from McCaffrey, I think he'll be a stud this year. Top top three probably by the end of the year if, if all goes well. I agree. Yeah, I agree. He's hopefully hopefully uh the quarterback situation gets fixed there too. So oh, yeah. it'd be nice to be able to see Chris McCaffrey with uh hundred catches again. So yeah. yeah, if there's a rookie in Carolina, McCaffrey's gonna make for a great safety blanket. Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> big time. So Let's go ahead and move on to our wide receivers here. Uh, we were able to agree on nine of them here. Uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, DK Metcalf, although that may change now, and Jalen Waddle. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we'll, start with, we'll start with DK Metcalf here. Is he still in your top ten with uh, Wilson gone? <laughs> No, not not for me. I, I mean, he has an incredible talent. He's an incredible mm-hmm. – I mean, the dude's an animal, and there's no really no other way to explain it. The dude is just a, an absolute creature. But mm-hmm. for me, I think you could take him, drop him down, and, and add in Debo. I would, would be good with adding in Debo in there. Yeah. Well, because then you don't know. Well, you got Trey Lance. Okay. Debo, AJ Brown, either one of them. They're both good players that could can go in there in, in place of Metcalf now. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping DK in my top 10. 
Okay. Um, I think that Tyler Lockett is on his way out of Seattle. I think they're going to find a trade for him this offseason. And that is basically going to leave DK Metcalf as the only wide receiver in Seattle. And so I don't think in that, I think in that case, it really doesn't matter who's going to be throwing in the ball because he is going to see a crap ton of targets. And the volume alone is going to turn into productivity. So I think having him where I have him at eight is pretty, pretty fair. You said it perfect there, Charlie. The, but the only way that he stays relevant is if he becomes that uh, just volume volume target. That's the only uh, way. He's, yeah. he's going to get smothered. He's not going to – if Drew Locke ends up throwing in the football, it's not going to be pretty some of the time. But if he's consistently getting thrown the football, there's going to be productivity. Do you think he's the type of receiver that can beat the uh, double teams, triple teams maybe? He's a big physical freak of nature. I don't see why not. I say yes. Okay. Okay. Nick, you have Adams ahead of Chase and Jefferson. Yep. Does this change with him going back to Green Bay or no, I don't I mean I don't think it needs to. I think maybe depending on where he had gone and if he had left and gone in somewhere else a free agency, that could have seen a change there. But the the reason he's the number one guy for me is just because of that pairing. And and now that that's staying there, yeah, there's there's no reason for him to move as far as I'm concerned. No, he's like you said earlier. He's probably the best one-two punch with Rodgers and Adams in the league. Yeah, um, if you were talking redraft. I would probably have Adams at one. Yeah, he just Devonta Adams is that target hog in Green Bay that we're expecting now. DK Metcalf to be in Seattle. Um, Will that change, though, if they go out and get a guy um, in the first round of the draft this year? So I don't think it will. I think that that Adams has been the mainstay in Green Bay for how many years now? Yeah. Four years, and and it's not like it changes. Everybody knows the game plan when you play Green Bay. Stop Adams. They just can't do it. (laughs) You know what I mean? So if you you, you put a a rookie on the other side, or even if they go out and get get a free agent, someone else that they have to pay attention to, I think it just opens up. Yes, maybe he gets three or four, maybe five less targets a game, but I think the home runs are going to make up for that. I I want (laughs) And agree with Nick. And Devontae Adams is also Aaron Rodgers' favorite target in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Those, those touchdowns are always going to be going to Devontae Adams. So I would not be too concerned if another if a rookie or some other big creation comes in to you know take some of the pressure off. Charlie, you got AJ Brown as your top ten receiver. Um, can Tannehill provide enough for him to be a top ten finisher? So, I, so far I, in his career, he's finished 32, 14, and twenty one. Yeah. So. Uh, I think Ryan Tannehill had a bit of a down year this year compared to what we were expecting. So I'm expecting mm-hmm. a bounce back in that category. And I think a healthy Jones will help in that regard to take some of the pressure off of AJ Brown because AJ Brown displays some remarkable ability when he's, when he's on the field and he is the, he's the alpha in Tennessee and they're going to want to throw a little bit more too, to be careful with Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry's had injuries in back to back years. So I think all mm-hmm. of that kind of binds into a very beneficial situation. Yeah, he's hopefully there's a uh, bounce back by Tannehill. Um, That's counting on. I, I think last year was not. Yeah, of the Ryan Tannehill we expected. I think uh, probably Julio Jones. I mean, we saw last year he's not what he used to be in Atlanta. Um, he's definitely taking a step back big time. So AJ Brown is definitely no question the number one alpha wide receiver there. 
Um, so hopefully, hopefully he uh, continues to take a step forward and stays healthy. I know he's been dealing with some ankle injuries, I believe, um, last last year. So let's keep him healthy and get Tannehill right. And I think that uh, that's a good pick for a top ten receiver, easy. So, um, Nick, you still have Michael Thomas as a top 10 receiver. Yeah. It's a little bit of a homer pick, but for God's sakes, man, I know he was all out all last season, but you still have to take into, into consideration what the man did. Now I get it. He did that with, with Drew. I understand it. I, I, I get where everybody's going to come from, but yep. the, the talent's still there. I mean, he went out and had the greatest season before freaking Cooper Cup season at, at the wide receiver position and, and did it with an aging Drew Brees who couldn't throw the ball more than 20 yards. <clears throat> I just – I can't leave that talent out of, of a top 10, right? And I have a lot of hope. I have a lot of faith and and – with a lot of, of lack of talent on the offense, he's pretty much the guy to throw to. Because who are you going to throw to? Tracon Smith, man, get out of here. Get, get <laughs> out of here. So. I hear you. He's just, that, that QB situation is yeah. scary. What yeah, if, I, then, I would what be if it ends up being Taysom Hill? What if it ends up being Taysom Hill? Oh, <laughs> oh no. Thomas is dead. <laughs> I don't, I don't. I don't know. I'd be willing to, to get with you guys right now and say that I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm saying this on live live. So everybody's going to say this and, and hold me accountable to it. I will bet each of you right now, $20 that he ends up a top 15 period. And then if he gets Jameis Winston or someone like that, he will be a top 10 wide receiver. I think Jameis top ten scares the hell out of me though because of the even if he's Taysom Hill, I say even with Taysom Hill, he's a top fifteen. Volume alone, I think will probably catapult him into that range. So I, I guess can, so. can understand the line of thinking. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope we can get back to the old Michael Thomas, the number one yeah. receiver, Michael Thomas. I, I also just want to say I'm so happy that we all have Jalen Waddle in our top ten. I, was, yeah. I, I thought I was going to be the only one, but I'm glad to see that everyone else is absolutely in Jalen Waddle because I think that kid is stud. He's yeah. so goddamn talented. Yeah, he's he's the alpha in Miami. So yep. you got to him and Tur- him and Tua again another college combo who came to the NFL and continued. They got going on in Miami is perfect for because yep. he has game breaking speed and he can he can work those snaps, those shortcuts. It's perfect. Yep, I, I agree. I agree with that one hundred percent. Um, that's forgot where I was going here. Um, Nick, you have CD Lamb at number six here. Are mm-hmm. you? Is this because only because Mari Cooper's on his way out, or do you? Do you I think actually, I think I had, I think I did my rankings before I found out about Cooper being on his way out. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, 
I think Lamb's the future. I think he's demonstrated it. I think he's he's had an incredible work with that good chemistry and and now especially with with cooper even if he stays and any if there's any truth to the disgruntled nature of of the relationship between him and dak i think cd is going to see a, a big uptick in what he's got going on i admit i had lamb towards the bottom of my top 10 before the cooper news broke out but once i found out that cooper was gone that did cause me to boost him up a little bit but i i do agree mostly with what you had to say nick i, I do think lamb for the future and now uh, he has a great rap uh what's the word i'm looking for connection with uh with dak prescott and i think that's only going to serve to help him in the coming years i know that uh michael gallup i think he's either rumored to be going back or already has i last i heard they were in negotiations but they were still kind of tossing numbers around does that change it at all uh, not at all. That's no. wide one in Dallas. I don't think that's too much for me just because Michael Gap. I was actually uh, surprised that you guys had Debo out of your top 10 um, with the season he just put up and the production that he gets in both the rushing and the receiving game. Um, do you guys just – I mean, is he 11-12 for you guys or is he going – do you guys not have uh, faith in Trey Lance? It's uh, I think it's a bit of both for me. Mm-hmm. I have an 11, and it's not that I don't think he could do it again, but I think that having Trey Lance at quarterback might hurt a little bit because Trey Lance likes to run the ball himself as well, which might take away some carries. And we don't know how his chops in the passing game are going to be, which might take away some targets or lead to some ineffectual throws. Um, so I think that knocks him down a peg or two compared to some of these other, Q- other wide receivers who have more state situations i agree i think for me brown's 11 samuel comes in at 12 um i just i don't know right i don't know what you're gonna get with trey lance and and like charlie said trey lance likes to run the ball himself i there's too many unknowns there's too many too many factors for me that i i don't feel comfortable putting him into my top 10 i guess with me it was just a uh a thing of I think uh, Kyle Shanahan is going to stick with the same to help his young QB out where, yeah, Lance likes to run the ball, but I think they're going to design um, runs and plays for Debo because right now I think Debo is probably – it's hard to say he's the best on the team because they have Kittle, but he's probably 1B on the team um, for weapons for them to go to. So I think that uh, Shanahan designs play calls just for Debo. And I think that's going to um, make him a, a top 10 receiver alone right there. So, um, but we'll move on right here to the tight end position. Prior to yesterday, we agreed on all, on all 10. I had to take Noah Fant out though. I him going to Seattle Possibly still being thrown to by Drew Locke. I could I couldn't I couldn't keep him in there. Um so but we have Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard, Dawson Knox, and Pat Fryermuth. Um Charlie, we'll start with you. You have Waller fifth. New England produced some very good tight ends with Josh McDaniels uh, as their offense coordinator. Gronk and Hernandez uh, come to mind. Do you expect the same with Waller? 
I do, but it's just that I think the guy the guys have ranked ahead of him, I think, are just guaranteed maybe more of an opportunity or just higher volume as like solitary weapons in that system. Like with Mark Andrews, Mark Jackson having an have an amazing connection and we we've seen what he can do on a, on a week in week out basis. Kyle Pitts is the only receiving weapon in Atlanta, so that by that, that by default puts him in my top three. Um, same thing with T.J. Hawkinson. It's literally just him and DeAndre Swift, and George Kittle is George Kittle. I think he's one A in San Francisco, so that that has me put them ahead of Waller. But it's it's close. You could honestly, you could have any of those guys in any order in the top five, and you probably wouldn't get too much of an argument out of me because mm-hmm. that, that's how close it is. Um, but I still think Waller's going to have an incredibly productive season. Um, I don't know. It's just uh, I, I guess I'm not as optimistic on the on the Vegas offense as some other people might be. Yeah, he's. It'll be interesting to see because Waller, I think, has the ability to be an Aaron Hernandez like type, uh, type player. Um, I don't know if he's ever going to be as good as Gronk. Gronk is a special player, or at least he was when in his prime. Um, big time game changer for the Patriots back in his prime. So, but Waller has been known to change quite a few games himself. So, hopefully, he can get back. I know he was dealing with a bunch of injuries last year. Um, so hopefully, he can get back and be a uh, top five option at the tight end position. So, we need him. There's not a whole lot of great tight ends out there right now. So, that's an understatement. Yeah. So, so these just speaks to the lack of talent at the tight end. Yeah. Nick, you have Pitts at fourth behind uh, Andrews, um, Kittle, and Waller. Um, yeah. And why so low, I guess? I mean, I know that it's top five, but a lot of people have him at the number one. Yeah, honestly, I probably could have – I would have been perfectly comfortable – moving him down more um i just i don't have faith in matt ryan i know he's the number one guy in in atlanta but but that's like saying hey you're the the number one uh wide receiver for i don't know teddy bridgewater or or drew lock or zach wilson like you know what i mean being the number one guy when you're getting thrown to by a strong-armed pasta noodle doesn't do a whole lot for me um so that that's that's why he is i mean he's he's gonna be probably my top five even if i moved maybe i don't know hawkinson above him i just don't like who who's throwing to him hawkinson's in the same situation for me though i don't like who is throwing to him okay well i know matt ryan has been in uh the trade docs last couple of years mm-hmm. what happens if the falcons decide it's time to trade matt ryan and uh Go out and draft a rookie. Does that change your mind at all? On him? No, because you still don't know what you're getting. Um, I, I I think his talent alone warrants that he's he's be where he is. And and you know if he happily pleases me wrong, I don't think he's a Kittle. I don't think he's an Andrews. So maybe he hits that that three spot. Sure, but I I, I take the proven commodities. Okay. Yeah, I've noticed that with you. Me and Charlie are more of the younger youth type, and you're the proven. Yeah, we have that youth. high up in the comments. Yep. So I've been I've been noticing that with these rankings. So. Yep. But uh, Charlie, you got Hawkinson third. Um, I do. Can he keep that with Derek Goff throwing the ball, or is he is he is that going to kill him? 
Now, it wouldn't surprise me to see um, Kittle and Waller overtake him by the end of the year because Jared Goff is throwing him the football. But again, the same thing. I just think it's a high volume, high share of targets uh, type of opportunity because Hawkinson mm-hmm. was a, on an absolute tear before he ended up missing some games at the end of the season. I think he was positioned to be the tight end three for, yep. for all those injuries. Yep. Okay. So it, it showed that he could be productive even with a very subpar quarterback throwing him the football. So I don't see why I should move him down. Yeah, he was uh, he was a top three court, or top three tight end before the injury. So I agree with you. I think uh, the sky's the limit for the kid. I think the offense is not like, on him. Not like, not like he's old by any means. Oh yeah, yeah. he's only twenty four. I think. Yeah, twenty four. So, so the offense is built around him in the passing game. So I think. Uh, so, Meany, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. You said you removed Noah Fant with yep. the trade to to uh, Seattle. Yep. But before you found out about the trade to the Seattle, you had him in your top ten, correct? Yes. What What changed? It's the same quarterback throwing to the same tight end. I was under the assumption that it would not be the same tight or same quarterback. I was not. Uh, I was not putting Drew Locke being the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. I was. Okay. I was thinking that they were going to go out and sign a free agent or go after a rookie. So, and we talked about that. But when we talked about the trade happening, we thought it would be for Rodgers, and that you would have to give up one of your top wide receivers to get him. Noah Fant yep. wasn't wasn't in that conversation. Nope. So, I, I guess I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I actually added Dalton Schultz. Uh, him going Which back, is a good to add. Yeah, him going back to Dallas is phenomenal. Probably best case scenario for him. Yeah. Um, especially with Cooper leaving, he's now going to be getting the middle of the field targets, I believe. And him and Dak have already uh, shown they have a great rapport. So yeah. I think he yeah. finished top three last year, even with Cooper. So I think I think uh, he's going to be doing that again this year. Yeah, if, if Fant's 10A, Schultz was 10B for me. He was right, right there. Yeah, a lot of guys, Schultz at 11, it's, it's very close. Yeah, Travis Kelsey, he's definitely when he's right, he's the best tight end in the league. We have him. I think uh, Nick, you have him highest at five. Um, is this purely just because his age? I don't know. It, Mahomes did a lot of things like Charlie mentioned earlier last season that, that made me very, very nervous for all of these skill players on, on the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think Kelsey is very dependent on a, on a quarterback who can be creative and, and get him where he needs to be. So I don't, I don't knock his talent which is why he's in my top five. You can't argue with it. Well, like you said, when he's on, he's the best tight end in football. Um, well, that's, that's questionable because man, when, when Mark Andrews tears up a game, that man tears up a game. So um, I just, I, I can't deny his talent. I can't deny what he's done in the past. The things that we saw from Mahomes, even though in small segments, it still makes me, makes me nervous for his prospects. 
Yeah, I have to agree with that. Patrick Mahomes is unique in his ability to get the ball to his playmakers because I, I, you know, when, whenever the Chiefs would be on TV, you know, they'd be unique plays where they, you know, do the shovel pass or something like that. Travis Kelsey here and end around for Travis Kelsey, just some unique type of thing to get Travis Kelsey involved beyond just throwing him the ball. And I'm, I am, I admit, I'm worried about his age. He's 33 years old. We don't know how many years Travis Kelsey is going to have left because mm-hmm. it's not too common for any skill position player to succeed this late into their thirties. So mm-hmm. I'm just airing outside of caution. He's still super talented. That's why he's in the, in, in the top 10. Um, but I just, I'd rather be ahead of the pack in moving on from him. If I have him in a fantasy league, than holding on to him too late and watching on my team. I agree with that 100%. Like I said, last episode, tight ends typically start to fall off at uh, 33, 34. Uh, even the greats, Antonio Gates, um, Tony Gonzalez, Shannon Sharp, they were gone by 35 in the league. So, uh, I don't know. Kelsey, Andrews is great, but Kelsey was a the number one quarterback, what, four years in a row, five years in a row? A tight end, but yeah. Or, wow, tight end, yeah. Um, <laughs> but his age, like I said, his age is, is killing it for me right now. Um, I'd much rather, if I'm building a dynasty roster, I'd much rather have the youth in uh, Andrews, Pitts, Hawkinson, Kittle, all those guys. So um, that should do it. I mean, uh, like I said, another good show. Um Talked about a lot of good stuff. Um, I know we, up, upcoming we got um, shows that we're going to um, do rookie pro, pro, uh, player profiles. So you'll want to tune in for that. We're trying to get you guys ready for this upcoming draft. And then uh, next week starts for agency. So there's going to be a lot to talk about on this next uh, podcast. So um, as always, you can see us uh, – See me at at dmeany nine six eight eight. The website's back up, so we're gonna start writing articles, um, both individual articles and then team articles. Yeah, uh, for that. Definitely check that out. You can see it's dynastycoaches.com or fantasycoaches.com. I'm sorry, um, but hope everybody has a good week, and we will see you guys next week. See you, everybody. guys. We'll see you next week. The back is not far-fetched We got a couple of clock hands I've been feeling super duper How the heck they know the future Come with me, don't be a loser Grass is green like pooper scoopers Clueless analysts don't do the half of this In fact, I'm backing this by asking If y'all remember that tough act Interacting, shh Like boom, running like zoom The highest and mightiest entered the room High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes All players cover this nuts as legumes Opponents are doomed and these are the facts I keep it 100 like I'm running track I listen up Jack, I'ma head back, back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing it, go.